0: Hey, Janko, how's it going?
1: Hey, Brendan, can you hear me? Yeah, you're good. Brendan, hey, buddy, thank you so much for connecting and um, accepting my invite. Of
0: course, my pleasure.
1: Awesome, buddy. So, yeah, so for the uh, for everyone that is listening, uh, my name is uh, Giancarlo Torres, but only my closest friends call me by my nickname, Janko. And that's why you are listening to the Janko podcast, because I am your friend. So today we have the privilege to hear Brendan's story from Montreal. We actually just met like a week ago and um, we, you know, we talked and, uh, you know, I liked uh, Brendan's story and I said, you know what, it's, uh, Brendan's a good fit for my podcast. So Brendan, once again, thank you so much and uh, please um, introduce yourself to the audience.
0: Of course, my pleasure, Janko. Thanks for having me. So, yeah, my name is Brendan. I'm the founder of Master Talk. It's a YouTube channel I started to help the world master the art of communication and public speaking. And how I got started was when I was in business school, I used to do these things called case competitions. So, think of it like professional sports, but for nerds. So, other guys my age were, you know, playing football or something. Yeah. I was, I was playing presentations, essentially, I'd watch other people present, I would criticize their presentations. And that was my life for three years. So after I presented hundreds of times, coached dozens of people, I joined the corporate world. And I just said, what can I do to make a difference? And that's when the idea for the YouTube channel uh, came to be.
1: Wow, awesome. Uh, Brendan, why, you know, when you were little, was this always like a dream of yours? Or you just kind of grew into this kind of? Talk more about that.
0: Yeah, definitely definitely the second uh, grew into it. Uh, just to give people an idea, the city where I'm from, Montreal, up in Canada, for those who don't know, is one of the few cities in the world where you need to be able to speak multiple languages to do well in. So really? French, uh, yeah, well, you know this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you go, to, you go to Montreal, you know this, but you don't live here. But I mean, for, for the people who do, you, you sure. need to know how to speak French to, to do well here. Uh, to live and do well here, so my parents put me in a French education system, so I studied my whole life in French so not only was I uncomfortable presentations I have to get, I had to give them in a language i didn 't even know, so right. you can imagine how much I struggled with as a kid, but yep. like you said, passions are something that you grow onto it 's not something that just appears I think honestly, passions are general, vague, and completely useless if you 're trying to find one you 'll never find it. I think the best mm-hmm. way of Finding it, or essentially discovering it is by making decisions, because in life we have unlimited amounts of pa- passions, they're vague and they're general. We can be passionate about anything piano, sports or anything. But when it comes to decisions, given that we're only living for a certain amount of time, we need to make decisions, and through those decisions and action, then we come up with the solution. So If you take me as an example, Janko, I made the decision to be an accountant. Then I changed right. my mind to be a technology consultant, and then I became a YouTuber. But if I never did the, made the decision to be an accountant and I never made yep. the decision to be a consultant, I would never have the expertise to even coach people on public speaking today.
1: So uh, decisions shape our future, huh?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Now, let's talk more about decisions now that you're talking about it. A lot of people don't even have the courage to make a decision. Why do you think that happens?
0: brendan oh man powerful question to start this off i think the reason why people are too scared of making decisions is the way their brain is wired so most of us as and all of us essentially as humans are our mechanism is for survival not for happiness our brain is wired to survive and what is the best way to survive the best way to survive is to cooperate with whether other people tell me what they want to do so if our friend says there's a party on friday we want to work and we say no to the party, that's okay. But if we say no to the party three times, then at some point, our friends start to distance themselves from us. And they say, well, Junko, Brendan, you don't wanna to come to this party? Like what's wrong with you, right? So we start to comply, not because we wanna to go to the party, but because we want to survive. And the best way of doing that is to have a tight knit friend circle. That's why people don't do and make decisions that favor them instead of favor other people because their priority is surviving, not being happy. Mm, wow. Fascinating stuff. And you know, what
1: you just said makes sense because it's kind of like if you're in a store and a a, a, uh, a store clerk comes and says, hey, do you need help? What do we always say?
0: Yeah, you say probably not. Or you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah you know, we say no. And then five minutes later, um, what's the aisle? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely guilty as charged.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Always. Always. I get i guilty every week on that, <laughs> honestly. Wow. So, okay. So what do you think can help someone? Uh, be decisive so uh, basically how do you think someone can get better making decisions quickly
0: Of course. And I think one of my favorite quotes summarizes really well is this idea of be insane or be the same. So if you want to be like everyone else, you'll get the same results as everyone else does. You'll Mm -hmm. have the same weight. You'll have the same relationships, which will probably end up in a divorce. You'll probably have unhappy families and you won't have a clear direction in life. But if you start to make extreme decisions, you will start to get extreme results. So in this idea of being more insane, one advice that I have for people and one exercise I recommend people do is to write your own funeral speech. Because if you do that, it's a lot yeah, – because what happens, Gianco, is when you do this is it helps you really get centered on yes. the end game. Like, if I'm in a casket and I'm writing the speech that I want people to say of me when I'm gone, what do I want them to say? And from that, we can then mold the life that we actually want. So that's one way of doing it. Interesting. Where did you get this idea about the funeral? (laughs) Yeah.
1: I'm kind of, like, inspired and depressed.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So... I think the way that I come up with all this weird stuff, and I got a bunch of stuff we can just keep riffing off of this, but I think the idea is there's, there's this book that I read, Zero to One by Peter Thiel. He was, he was basically the founder of PayPal, Elon Musk, and he went on yes. to build a lot of billion dollar companies with a lot of the people within PayPal, which is interesting. And there's a question that he asks in the book that I think summarizes my life and should summarize anybody who wants to do anything important, which is the following. What is the truth that you believe in that most people disagree with you on. What is something that you believe to be true that other people think is stupid? And the issue with the question, the challenge, and why it's so hard for most humans to answer it, Gianco, is because it forces you to answer something controversial. Right? Mm. If you say something that I think is if I say something that I think is true that you're probably gonna think is not true. That means I'm going against what you think, which means I'm not optimizing my ability to survive. I'm optimizing what I actually think is true. But it's through answering that question multiple times that you come up with weird exercises, like you know, stepping into your insanity, writing your own funeral speech, or asking yourself a hard question every day about life. Wow,
1: wow, wow, man. You know, I, I'm taking notes here, man. This is amazing. <laughs> it's just amazing. So you know, for the audience that's listening, and they find this all weird. And they're probably asking uh, themselves because I'm asking myself, you grew into this, you know, you're going to becoming an entrepreneur, you grew into, you know, having these ideas, what circumstance in your life made you kind of grow into this?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think I think for me, it's like you know, my, my father was an alcoholic, and you know, mm. I was in a dysfunctional family. And I think for me, it was it was it wasn't about what I wanted out of life. It was more about what I didn't want. And what I didn't yeah. want was to be poor. What I didn't want was to be in an unhappy relationship with the person I was going to end up with in my life. And what I didn't want was to have dysfunctional kids that were as crazy as I was. So I think uh, a lot of the decisions in my life was driven on what I didn't want my life to be. So I focused a lot on you know getting a high paying job. I focused a lot on getting the best education I could. And then after I was done surviving, then I started thriving and I started asking myself, okay, now I have my ne- basic needs met. I have a great job, great family. Now what do I do with the rest of my life? And then every day when you ask yourself a really difficult question, I'll give you an example for your audience to think of. If you had all the money in the world, how would you spend your time? Most people, Jonko, would respond with travel. And I always look at them and I go, what do you mean? You're going to travel for 40 years and then die? And they go, well, no. That's exactly what time are you waking up? Who are you waking up with? Are you waking up next to anyone? Are you even in a house? Is there a dog? Or do you have kids? What country are you in? Are you changing? Nobody asks themselves this fundamental easy question and hasn't even given them much thought on this. And I think that's where people get lost. Wow. So,
1: So basically a... By bad examples, we could say that kind of gave you the hunger to be like, No, I, I'm not good, you know, like I'm not going to end up like this, correct?
0: Correct, absolutely.
1: Awesome. And you know what's funny, Brendan, that a lot of entrepreneurs, at least 90%, they all gave me like similar responses. I'm not, to be honest. <laughs> like, like, they always tell me that it was a, a bad day, it was a bad relationship, it was a bad something. That gave him so much hunger to be like, you know, what? I'm not going to, you know, be like this anymore. It's kind of like it's kind of like the breakthrough moment, you know. There's um, a the podcast actually by Tony Robbins. You like Tony Robbins' work?
0: Oh, of course, of course, big okay, fan. Yeah.
1: yeah, so he has a he has a podcast uh, called uh, Three Steps to Having a Breakthrough." Have you heard of it?
0: I haven't actually, but I have to check okay. it out.
1: Yeah, definitely check it out and uh, on iTunes. I think it's actually on Spotify also. Um, but it, basically, in that podcast, he talks about Oprah Winfrey. And he talks about how Oprah had, like, the worst circumstances ever, but she decided when she was young to be the best of the best. And, you know, now we know Oprah Winfrey, right? You know, multi-billionaire, but, you know, one of the billionaires, she's, uh, she's an inspiration to the world. Of but first, it's funny because, you know, he, he was talking about a lot of women, for example, have gone through similar things that Oprah has got. Yet, they kind of stay in the same place. Oprah, on the other hand, had the same circumstance and... Didn't let that circumstance define her. There you go. Mm. And he was talking about that's kind of the secret about high performers and entrepreneurs, I think. It's kind of like the only difference really is mindset. Great thing about mindset.
0: Yeah, I, I think for me, the idea with mindset is, of course, mindset is the ultimate competitive advantage. But I think the way that you develop it, that not many people talk about in concrete details is this idea of asking yourself so many hard questions about life that Mm. you begin to question everything and you begin to develop a unique belief system on how you should operate in the world. And I think most people lack that. That's why they lack the mindset to execute anything. So I'll give an example. This is a simple question that I guarantee most people don't have an answer to. What is worth fighting for? Nobody asked themselves this question. Like for me, was it worth fighting for, you know, getting into an NFL team? No. Like I didn't care about sports and never did. I don't think I ever will. But <laughs> was it worth was it worth fighting for uh, going through executives, uh, lynching me in public on presentations and wow. giving presentations and doing the best work that I could. That was worth it. I loved it. It was definitely worth fighting for. Was YouTube worth fighting for and doing Master Talk? Absolutely. Or my family? Absolutely. You want to make that list for yourself. So that way you have an unwavering belief system. And I- I'll make this simple for people. Do we actually think that Michael Jordan cares about what we think of him? And the answer is, as you know, absolutely not. And the same thing with Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk or Sheryl Sandberg. Do do we actually think that they care what we think of them? And the answer is no. They don't really care at all. And that's the point. They're focused on their own belief system and operating on what they believe is true. And how the game works, and you know this very well, is whoever has the highest level of belief in whatever they're doing ends up winning. Always. 100%
1: 100% oh. of the time.
0: So, you know, so, talking about, I'm sorry
1: to interrupt to to you here. No, please do. About, please do. Talking about high performers, right, that, uh, or entrepreneurs, whatever, that really don't care what people think. You know, I'm going to talk a little bit about Warren Buffett, one of the richest men on the planet. He has the same home since the 1980s. And his net worth is over 80 billion. He has the same Cadillac, I think, for the past 15 years. He goes to the same McDonald's every single day. Reads a newspaper and then goes to work. And he's his net worth eighty it's more than eighty billion. What do you think about that?
0: I, I completely agree in, in many ways in this in this idea of making like a good way of summarizing Buffett and a lot of these people is they make decisions that yes. are super unconventional. So think about me, right? I went from a kid in poverty to a kid making six figures to Oof, a kid going to Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, even if you're doing way better than I am. But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> back, back to a kid in poverty. What, what do I mean by that? So what I mean is when I started making money in, at IBM and, and you know started changing my life and my, yes. my standard of living started ex- increasing exponentially, yes. I sat back and I said, is that all I'm going to do with my life? Mm. And for most of the people I work with, that is what they're going to do. They're going to keep getting promoted and they're going to have successful careers. Yeah. And I kind of said, is there meant, is, am I meant for more? And then yeah. that's when the, so when the idea for mass came, I said, I'm not moving out of my mother's house. I'm just going to take that rent money that I could have been spending, you know, living in a nice duplex in Montreal and use that for my video production because I want to go all in on this thing. Yes. Right. So it's about making decisions that most yes. people think is idiotic, but that makes sense to us. So true. So true. And you know, it's, the, the reality is, Brendan, and you know this more
1: than anyone, is that we're around people that make bad decisions. So if you're listening to their advice, you have to think: well, Do I really want to listen to, to their advice if they have a bad lifestyle, right? And that could be anything. You know, I once, you know, I was reading the book, mm. and it said, <laughs> if you want to be uh, financially uh, secure, don't listen to your broke friends.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: which of course, and in the book it says, but what if all your friends are broke? He says, cool, love them, don't listen to them. So I I found that that. kind of funny, but I think that's kind of life in general. Like if you want to be good in something, don't listen to the person that failed it. What do you think think about that per se?
0: Yeah, yeah. So I think a good way of rephrasing what you said, which I really liked, is this idea of only listen to people who have the result that you want. Mm. want, And this applies for anything. If you want to be in a long-term relationship with someone for 40 years, don't talk to the person who isn't in one don't yes. take advice of the person who isn't doing that and that's yeah. the same thing with entrepreneur this is what i find interesting in relationships specifically we can talk about this broader is if you're an entrepreneur nine-figure entrepreneur let's say use this as an example yep you and you want a long-term relation you cannot take advice from the person who has a successful marriage but has a nine-to-five job that won't so work so that true. won't work so i'll give an example when kobe Bryant was alive at an interview yeah. that i saw of him he said That what he did with his wife is he planned out his whole year, all of the dates a year in advance, so there wouldn't be any problems. So he'd be like, "I'm practicing 95 percent of the time, but for Thanksgiving, Christmas, and these days, I'll be there." So everything was outlined. So that's really good advice for someone who's a high performer because you're working most of the time anyways. You can't change that. But that advice applies for all areas of life. If you want to be a seven figure earner don't listen to somebody who doesn't make seven figures. If you want to have a successful YouTube channel, don't listen to someone who has less subscribers than you. That makes no sense, right? So that way you want to apply that to everything that you want to do. So always ask yourself, what do I want to learn? Who? Because every goal, this is a good way of summarizing this, Gianco. Every goal that you have in your head, 99% of cases, if not 100%, somebody else has already achieved the goal. Right. So So you want to listen to the person who has already achieved the goal.
1: Yep. Wow. Great. You know, When I started as an entrepreneur, Brendan, I'm not sure you, in the beginning, since I had probably, you know, a couple mentors, but there was was this one mentor who I was, uh, you know, really, you know, just uh, in awe of him, right, because of what he did and what he keeps doing, is that in the beginning, since I was so unconfident about myself, I had to kind of copy and paste. And what I mean by this is, like, I had to copy his words and his actions, even the way he spoke, just to kind of get his results, to, like, kind of created my own thing did you have to do something similar like this
0: i i love that question i completely agree here here's a good way of summarizing your thoughts and the way that i talk about this to people and this applies not just for a a business venture you want to work on but also uh, this idea of finding a passion slash vision yes so my philosophy is if you don't have a vision for the world steal someone else's Mm. if you don't have an idea if you don't have something you want to do look at what other people are doing and just steal it because that is the easiest way for you to make a decision. So for me, you know, I was poor, didn't want to be poor. I looked at yep. all of the jobs and careers at business school and I knew if I was an investment banker, if I was a management consultant or if I was an accountant, I would get out of poverty naturally. So I followed that path. Right. And then in that trajectory to get there as quickly as possible, I copied everyone else who already had that job and did the same things that they did on their CVs. I got involved right. I did competitions in business school. And then when I got the job, then I started to develop my own unique carving in the world, which ended up being Master Talk. But I didn't start with that for sure.
1: Wow. Yep. Okay. You see, the more questions that I'm asking about the things we've done, you know, it's – once again, in every single entrepreneur that I interview, I always find similarities. Just amazing. Um, Do you know this guy? uh, He's a very famous uh, business uh, author. Robert Kiyosaki?
0: Of course, of course.
1: Okay, yeah. he um, Eric Worre, um, who's also a business legend, he was interviewing him. And Robert Kiyosaki said something at the beginning I didn't like, but then it made sense. He says, in school, they teach us that if you copy someone in their test, that's cheating, which it is. We're clear about that. He says, but in entrepreneurship, you have to cheat. In the beginning, I was like, whoa, where's he going? (laughs) he says because he says for example he says i don't he's like i'm not an engineer he says i'm not going to study to become an um, an engineer but i have to hire engineers for my company he says i'm not an accountant but i have to hire accountants for them to do my job he says i have to hire he says or cheat technically like i have to get people to have other professions so that they can do it for me so i can go sell he says so entrepreneur in a funny sense he says we have to cheat as in Find other people that are better than you, or that can do a job that you know you can't do. What do you think about that, Brendan?
0: Right. So I think that an easy way to kind of uh, re- rehash that in a way that most people is for most people that's digestible. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, but I, com- I completely agree with the logic by the way, because I, I get where you're coming from. Is is this idea of if you want if you want to succeed as an entrepreneur, really anybody who has a great idea, this could be a cupcake yes. recipe or anything. It doesn't really matter. Is this idea of being so self-aware that yep. you understand your weaknesses more than your strength. So a lot yes. of people say self-awareness, but they don't explain what that means. If for you, self-awareness means understanding what you're good at. You are not self-aware. What self-aware means is, you know, all of your weaknesses and all of your, your blind spots. So for me, I knew right away when I started my YouTube channel, it was obvious to me. I was going to have really good content. You know, I knew what I was doing in public speaking, but I also knew that video editing was not for me. I don't like the filming process. I don't want to waste time doing that. I'm not good at it. I suck. And my friend has been doing this since he was 16. He's been in the business for like eight years. So when I came up to him and I said, hey, look, do all my production. I'll give you 25% of my salary. Are you down? He said, yeah, sure. And my, my videos, you know, popped from there, right? So I think the idea is, the best entrepreneurs in the world are more aware of their weaknesses than their strengths. You want to focus on what you suck at rather than what you're good at. And then in that journey, you'll ins- by, by outsourcing what you suck at, you'll immediately know exactly what path you should be focusing your time on. Love it. Brendan,
1: what's the most important book you've ever read on entrepreneurship or just personal development that's helped you become uh, you know, the success you are nowadays?
0: Yeah, for sure. So for me, the book that I always love recommending people is a book called Thirst by Scott Harrison. So Scott's a personal hero of mine. I think what I find fascinating about the guy, he has a very interesting story, is he used to be a nightclub promoter. So he would sell you know, bottles of champagne that he would buy for 50 bucks for 500 bucks in clubs. And then what he did was he used all of the, market, the marketing experience, the marketing expertise that he had to start a non-profit called Charity Water, and he through branding, storytelling, all the marketing knowledge he got from that previous life that he had, he was able to make philanthropy very cool and interesting. He has a very unique story. Bill Gates, a lot of people endorse the book. It's a really excellent read. I highly recommend it for anybody. Awesome.
1: Brendan, for the ones that are listening, that are fascinated by all of your ideas, I am, and I'm being 100% honest, and you know, they probably have a similar story like yourself maybe like me, I don't know. Maybe they want to become an entrepreneur, but they're scared. Who knows why they're scared? What would you tell them so that they can kind of make the decision and go forward?
0: Yeah. I would say there's a lot of things I could tell them, but I think the big one is going back to this idea of you, you either, you either be insane or you be the same, right? If you be like everyone else, you won't really go anywhere, but once you start to question everything, and my, when I mean everything, I mean every little thing, right? Whether it's religion, whether it's politics, whatever those beliefs are, whether it's the, what card you should buy, what friends you should hang out with. Once you start to question everything, you'll realize that everything doesn't make sense. So once you come to that realization, then you can sit down and say, now what story do I want to write for myself? So I'll give you a quick example that not many people think about, Jonko. Why are we saving up for retirement at 65 if Steve Jobs died at 56, Kobe Bryant died at 41, and Paul Allen, the co-founder of Microsoft, what billions of dollars, Good the point. best doctors in the world, died at 65? So once Good you start point. to ask yourself these hard questions, like or another one, why, why do we need to get married, have two and a half kids, and have a white picket fence? Can't we have a black picket fence? Why don't we... Just have two kids, why is it two and a half? Like what happens? You like go in the middle? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like like none of this makes sense. Right. Yes. And then once you realize that, you kind of just say, Okay, what makes sense to me? And for me, if I use myself as a personal example, the only thing that matters. For me, in this present moment, as I'm speaking to you, is making Master Talk work. There are people with great ideas who can't afford someone like me, and those ideas need to be shared. So I spend every waking minute, 16 hours a day, 10 podcasts, 7 podcasts a day, whatever it needs, whatever I need to do to get the message out and to get more people there. But that also means I sacrifice on a lot of stuff. You know, I don't hang out with my t- my friends that much. I'm always at home. I live with my mother. I have ca- conversations like this on my mattress. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you, I'm very bootstrappy, even if I don't need to be anymore. Yep. And I think that insanity to make your own decisions only comes when you start to be more controversial. So I would, I would encourage people to do that more.
1: So basically be more controversial. Absolutely. Brendan, how can the, the audience find you?
0: Absolutely. So if you want to message me, I'm not famous or anything, feel free to send me a message over on Instagram at master your talk. And if you want to check out my YouTube videos, it's master talk in one word.
1: Awesome. Brendan, this has been a fantastic interview. I really enjoyed our conversation and I know the audience um, has really taken a lot of value out of this conversation. And hopefully if you are listening the audience, yes, you and you're scared to make a decision, let's say entrepreneurship, hopefully this podcast helped you to kind of um, uh, take that leap of faith. So Brendan, thank you so much. And um, I know we'll do a lot of good things together. And I know that you'll be famous. I I know, I'm convinced <laughs> after this interview, <laughs> I'm convinced.
0: <laughs> Very kind of you, Janko
1: And um, for everyone else, You know, this is the Jonko Podcast. If you would like to talk about this more, text me at 678-923-0978. And I would love to have a conversation with you. Week through week, I will be interviewing successful entrepreneurs like Brendan who will talk about their journey. I will interview people who have had good results with health alternatives that might be beneficial for you. We will talk about entrepreneurship tips, strategies, personal development, and a lot more. If you're interested in business, health, and personal development, subscribe to this podcast channel, and I know you won't be disappointed. That's it for today, folks. My name is Giancarlo Torres, but since I'm your friend, you can call me Janko. Have a great week, everyone.